Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Welcome back, everybody, to Hypnotic Healers. My name's Nicole Mazzucato, and as always, I'm here with my amazing co-host, Anthony Gitch. Just before we get started... Our usual disclaimer, neither Anthony nor I, nor our guest for today, I believe, are medical doctors or licensed medical professionals. We are not psychiatrists or psychologists, so please do not make any changes to any treatments or medications that you are on based on the conversation you hear here today. Take what you like and leave the rest, and while you're leaving stuff, you might as well leave us a really good review, a like, a thumbs up, share us around, show us some love. Hey, hey, Anthony, welcome back. Hello, Nicole. How are you, my love? I'm, you know, I'm, I always I'm... say that, and I and then I'm always <laughs> like, you know what? Afterwards, I'm like, I wonder if she likes me calling her that. After after a year now, I'm like, hello, my love. Um, <laughs> but it keeps happening. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I, I am glad today to have on the show with us a person who I would consider, a, you know, an acquaintance, a friend. Um, we've, you know, we met at the winter conference uh, several, the, the year just before COVID hit. Um, and everybody, Mr. Mike Brenna from the wonderful world of Australia. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Nicole. How you going? Everything is good, you know. Nice <laughs> to have you here, Mike. We've got such a diverse time we have, we've got such a diverse time zone here, I can imagine, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the you couldn't get any more stretched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, like 6, 6 a.m. for you? Yeah, just, yeah, 6 a.m. 6 a.m. for you, 9 a.m. for Anthony of the day before, and 7 p.m. for me, so. <laughs> no, it's 11 a.m. for me. Ah, 11. Oh, well, okay, just the Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we're going to jump right in here. You, Mike, um, the reason we wanted to, have you on, wanted to have you on and talk with you is because you, you, you do, when you've been part of Scott Jansen's program, so we want to talk yeah. a little bit about your success with that and what your experience has been with that. And mm -hmm. I wanted to find out, you know, we wanted to talk, see how things are going at your end of the world as far as hypnosis and the hypnotic world and how life has been treating you in all this crazy strange times of COVID. Cause you know, you guys, your country was under, gosh, the biggest lockdown of anybody, I believe. Um, yeah. And, and yet that proved not to be the most effective way to do things, I believe. Um, but so it's been interesting. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to and how things have been going. It has been crazy here. I mean, I think what we, we connected the beginning of um, the Wendy Conference was in 2020. And then it's when I came back and everything went crazy at that point. Because I thought the whole year for me was meant to be all planned out, coming back, going to the, you know, all through the States after that. None of that happened. So, you know, um, <laughs> all you have to do is just like hang on and just sort of work and build your business at that point because no one knew what the hell was going on. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it, it's been crazy. It's, uh, I've been just honestly just focusing on, um building um i think several incarnations of building the businesses i've been going through and working on it myself so you know um just like everybody else yeah so yeah i did after that i started doing scott's i didn't start until scott's course until the beginning of 
pretty much last year. Okay. Um, and that was funny. And that was out of pure self-interest anyway, because, you know, I was, uh, I was going to the, um, I was train- going to the gym. I was on a treadmill and I was watching his conversational hypnosis. And I thought, this is amazing. I haven't seen anything like this before in my life. And I just kept nagging him. I just said, mate, this is great. You know, I, you know, just do it. And then all of a sudden, eventually, I, and then I started, I created a little group and I started telling everybody else about it. And then after that, he obviously got through and then he started teaching it. And did you, did you start with Scott? Because obviously you and I know each other through through Scott. Did you start with Scott through the um, the conversational stuff or were you already on his uh, 100K program? I did the 100K, like, and I started that, and then do anything with it. Mm, okay. Uh, I didn't I do anything with it about that. <laughs> no, I didn't do anything with it because I was balancing on, and um, you know, there's uh, you know, was, um, you know, sort of other some other groups and all that stuff. So I was sort of weighing up. You know, I've there's so many other groups here, and and they're going which one's the best way to go, and it's like just sitting on the fence and not knowing which way to go forward, <laughs> instead of just picking a direction and just going and just seeing how that worked out. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I finally, I don't know what happened, but I just, I, I guess I just dug in at one point and thought, you know what, just pick a position and just, just run with it. So I started hundred K and I started going through that process and really digging in and I was watching it at the same time. And then I was just nagging him and nagging him and then eventually started teaching it. And because I basically, I, I wanted to be part of a group instead of watching one. And so that's why he fired it up. And then it's from then on that just, it built and it built and um, I just completely immersed myself in it. And it was, and then I set a target after that. I did the first, the, the first course. And I thought, you know, this is amazing because I don't need any prep work. And of course, obviously, you know, this is like, you know, um, strong stuff. So, I mean, it's like, all the other hypnosis work and all the NLP work, you know, helped have that great foundation for this to sit on top of. I don't think, yeah. you know, if you just did this by itself, I think a lot of people, would, I don't think they'd understand it as much. It'd be, it, you know, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have that foundation, that footing for it. Mm. Um, so I'll probably, no, I wouldn't have. And yeah. So then I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna, I said to Scott, I love this. And I started helping people with it. And I just put it out and said, you know, I'm going to help. He said, you know, if you help 100 people, you, um, you know, you, you get up there like Ericsson. And I thought, okay. So I said, I just put it out there. And I think I got up to about 70 people. And, you know, so I worked out, it was about, about 100, no, about 150 hours of just doing it. Um, and then I felt like I lost it at the end. So I sort of had what to do back. Just doing it, just doing what? Just doing straight up like this conversational hypnosis with someone, I'd say, you know, someone's oh, got a oh, problem, okay, okay, okay. you know, and then just because I found, you know, with this one, you know, it's just about being present and allowing myself just to not think about what, have an objective and an outcome and to see how I could hold space for them. And it was like, it was honestly, it was like, it's been like meditation, mm. yeah. you know, to be hundred percent present as much as you can without the, or, you know, catching the mind when it goes back and forth but really sitting here and knowing that I don't need to have the answer for what they've got. Mm. Well, do you know, and this is something I've always found really interesting because, you know, Nicole and I have talked about this before. I didn't, I came from a background of recovery and codependence anonymous and right. uh, all these other sorts of 
teachings. And so when I came into hypnosis, it was never about, I have an answer for you. It was always yeah. about what are they saying to help guide them where they need to be. And, yeah. and so I had a challenge with scripts and mm. like, oh my gosh, this person comes in, so do this. I'm like, mm, but that may not be what that person needs. Um, right. So that's really cool to hear you kind of say that it's about being present, creating a healthy healing space for someone to come in and share what they're experiencing and then being able to possibly guide them through your intuition because you've heard what they're saying. Well, I mean, the, the best thing about it is it's like, how you know i mean you're absolutely right i mean you might someone comes from anxiety but as we all know now i guess you know if anyone doesn't it's like they're all just symptoms yeah. everything's just a symptom you know it's so you're looking at the byproduct of something so if i'm reading the script if it was on anxiety you know okay you might mitigate it or they might get some sort of relief but you're not ever getting to the core of it right um and of course it's you know it's and whatever I think it is, it's that's my conclusion. It doesn't mean it's got nothing to do with where that came from. And, you know, now after doing like about 70 or 80 of these and still doing some more stuff, it's like every single time I thought it could be something, it's completely, and it's, you know, some people think it all could be always trauma. Not necessarily, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I mean, love that when when everybody's like, oh, my God, we need to take you back to the time when you were six and we need right. to clean that shit up because your parents are all <laughs> fucked up. It's like. Um, that's not always no, not with everybody. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. It's, it's a but very freeing is... process, isn't it? It's like, and also what you were going, what you were saying before about listening, it's like, you really have to make sure you're listening to the person in front of you, right? Because you, it's, it's about really paying attention to what they're saying and picking up on those, on those key, those key things. So if your attention is wondering, you're like, oh shit, you know, I think I may have missed something. I could really miss something important here that could be the key to the next you know, it could be the next piece of the puzzle. So you really need to be present. And this whole, you know, Scott's whole thing that we've experienced in, in the trains we've done is just going back to being human and just being really present with people. It's, and the funny thing, it's, I found it's, it sounds easier than it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it really, I mean, it sounds like just be present and be there for the person, but it's like, you know, the mind, you're, you're swimming in a sea of thoughts all the time. So the mind wants to do this, but it's like, you have to catch it and bring it back. And it's all the way I see it. It's like, it's almost like your radar and you're just tuning in on them mm -hmm. completely. And it's almost like, cause you know, I mean, I've done so many other courses and it's like, you can have your papers and you can be prepared whether it's smoking or, or anything. And it's like, I'm prepared to do this protocol or something like that. But this is almost like sitting right on that edge, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing how long it's going to take not caring about the result because anything it's almost like anything you do to add to it slows it down because you trying to, you've got, you have a certain, it's like you have a certain expectation uh, of how it should be. And it's like, you're restricting it every time. Um, so in a sense, it's almost like you're like a, a raw nerve just sitting there, just observing because I, know, I guess that, and that's what sort of gives it, it's an excitement thing I found because it's like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. All I know is they have the answer. Yeah. They have the answer. They always did. It's like, you don't need to look for the answer. You are the answer. Well, yeah. and this is what I remind them when they're looking for an answer. I tell them you don't until you understand, you don't know to ask the question until the answer is already there. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, if, you, if, if, if you're not, because otherwise you're unaware, you're not conscious, you're not present to the fact that there's even anything to be asking about. Correct. And so once you become aware that, okay, what's going on, the answer is there. We don't always like, we don't always like what the answer is going to be or what we may have to do for the answer. But that yeah. doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. I guess what a lot of people would, I, it's amazing when you start looking, I mean, how often is it when you're really sitting with someone and they see you? Yeah. I mean, because, you know, it's like when someone's waiting, you can see behind their eyes when they're, they're waiting to say the next something or whatever, yeah. not present, but just to be there and see you. It's like, you know, they're really looking at you. And sometimes it's really unnerving, you know, when you, because when you see it, you realize there's always two, um, there's two lines of conversation happening always at the same time is what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And then there's the unconscious mind giving you clues, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I guess it's like anything that's outside their current awareness is the unconscious mind talking to you. But if you ignore it, it can actually, well, I, I, I always take on the thing that it's trusting you to, um, no, it's trusting you. So it's opening up. I mean, so you can connect. Otherwise, it wouldn't show you that. Yeah. But their mind can't see it, whether it's them fidgeting or whatever it is, you know, sighing. And as soon as you draw their attention to it, it's like, oh, what was that about? Yeah. You, know, you keep putting them in that. They, they've got their own resources. And then, then you get them, oh, I never saw it like that before. Yeah. You know? There's, there's a lot in this process, in this particular process, as the therapist, I find you're, you really need to detach from ego. It's like, All this is, you know, this is not me sitting here trying to sort anything out for you. <laughs> you know, I'm, I just need to be here. And there is a process to it, right? There is a technique and yeah. there's a process to it. And obviously at the beginning, you're kind of, you know, really learning that right and you need to incorporate I think I had the same thing as you I did quite a bit of practice and then it all just seemed to fall off the edge of the earth and I was like I don't know what I'm doing anymore <laughs> I just yeah I think it's because we start because I noticed when I did a whole heap at, uh, at the beginning it's like you're you know you don't know what to expect so you're just going in there with you know uh, a new person sort of point of view and but then you start thinking about oh that was really good so now you're, you're changing the process because you want to sort of you're, you're analyzing it and I think that's just probably part of the learning process as you, you know, you start, you know, that unconscious incompetence and you're going through those stages of learning, you know, you want to learn more to shape it. And then you realize you learn it so you can forget it. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, and it's quite interesting because, you know, when we use metaphors and stuff, it's like, you don't need to have your preset metaphors. They sort of pop into your head, like a download yeah. as you're going through it. And um, it's just, it's just amazing what comes up. And it's just like, I just trust what comes up now. Mm. You well, know, yeah, I, I, I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but my, I, from what I've heard, from what I understand about a lot of the conversational stuff that is being taught is pretty much based on Socrative questions, right? You know, yeah. um, that, that being able to just kind of turn the question in, in such a way where they go, wait, what? And, yeah. and, and it just, that light kind of all of a sudden comes on and they're like, oh, whoa, shit, that, whoa, okay, got it, you know? Um, yeah. And isn't that the moment that, you know, that you feel really great because you're like, yes, I, I've seen the light come on in your eyes. And I know that experience because I used to teach horseback riding and dressage at a really high right. level, at a, at a competitive level. And to be able to sit there on the ground and explain to somebody and say, now in four or five steps, your horse is going to do this. And they look at you and then that happens. They're like, 
oh my God, okay, now I get what he's saying because this is actually, and then the, you can just see that connection happen all of a sudden. And, and you know, that's, it's rewarding and it doesn't matter if you're the client or if you are the practitioner, it's rewarding on both ends. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, I guess with this process, I mean, for a lot of people, it's very confronting. I mean, no, I'm good at know. confronting. It is, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, if anything else comes in, I can still add a lot of the other stuff if it's if it's required too. You know, sometimes I soften it to go in or whatever. But I mean, some people, <laughs> I mean, uh, otherwise, sometimes I just go, you just go straight for the throat, right? Right. You know, they're coming in, they're anxious already. Why do I need to? Why would I take them out of that to put them back into that? You know, they're already in that state. Their mind's already in that unconscious moment. They're having a feeling. I'm going to go, what's that about? Where are you feeling that? You know, is it moving? Is it, whatever it is, just to keep them focusing in there so they get some sort of resource as well. Mm. Um, but then, you know, then their lights, then their eyes light up. You just got to keep them there. That's the, you know, that's the thing. And it's, I think the craft comes with this. It's just learning how to show them how to connect what they've seen, you know, the resource that, that, you know, linking their problem to whatever that new resource they just come up with. And it's yeah. just it's like, they never saw it before. And, it, and, and sometimes it dissolves it, mm. you know? Um, but it, it's amazing when I do it, it's like, you just watch people and just talk to them. You just, just get them to focus on different things that then, you know, that they could, you know, I had one person I was talking with and he's just sitting there and he's twiddling his thumbs. And I just said, what's going on with your hands? He, didn't, he goes, oh, I didn't even realize. And then he, then he was on, he's gone. He was like, he was just like totally tranced out. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's, you know, uh, the other thing that I find about this, that you had mentioned earlier, that idea you had said that as soon as expectations come in, you've lost it. Um, yeah. And that yeah. is, you know, I, I think that that's not something that's taught enough. Um, I don't think know, it's taught at all, actually. I never, I never had that taught to me. I think that it, I, I think... I, I do. I, I, okay. I have in certain okay. in hip, hip, some hypnotic courses I've been in. It's like, well, if you do this, you're going to have this experience. This is what's going right. to happen. That's creating an expectation on the part of the of the practitioner. And it doesn't always work that way. And when it right. doesn't, the practitioner feels as if they have done something inappropriate the wrong way or, or something like that. And that's not the case. It's because no. they went in with this expectation that this will do this. Yeah. Then they're stuck and they don't know how to back out. And they've, they've almost disconnected from the client themselves. They're not being present because they're too attached to what the outcome is supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is the yeah. restrict that's the restriction that comes with a lot. But I think, I mean, technique is good, right? We all need to start somewhere. We all need to learn, you know, we all learn different techniques and, and, sure. and train with different in different modalities and different ways of doing things. And and the freedom comes when you you let go, right? It's it's a bit like what we we're talking about before. You you let go of the technique, you kind of you know it, and it just you you can free flow, but just with whatever feels Right. In this moment, my mind is saying I need to just say that or or I'm not even, my mind isn't just saying my mind, my mouth just opens and that comes out. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't even thinking it. Right. And and oh, maybe that that was that technique, but I'm not even thinking about that technique anymore. It's it's it is a bit like driving, isn't it? First you're really focused on the techniques and 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 kind of mirror signal maneuver, and then you just That's forget right. about that. And yeah. the minute that you start thinking about it, 
you lo- you you would be like, oh, 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 if I had to think about driving, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, unless you go into a different foreign country and you have to think about different rules and adapts again, all the stress load, it changes the, the environment again, but then you have to think yeah. about it mm-hmm. and then you're all over the place, but yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's, you're just saying, Nicole, it's, but, but having no blinkers on using your horse analogy, uh, there, Anthony, where you, they, they, you know, they got the blinks on the horse so they don't see left or right, but not having any blinkers on, it's just like, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. There's just the question. I mean, the, no right or wrong question. There's just the question, you know, and, um, and just basically you just, you're just going, it just opens you up to go whatever you want to do in a way. Um, <laughs> that's still pretty confrontating, you know, just on from doing it. That's like, Oh, wow. That can be really challenging to do it because the mind wants to have some sort of, I found the mind wants to have some sort of construct. It's trying to, trying to grab one of something like a, yeah. a technique or do this, you know, and it's like, no, you don't need to do any of that. I mean, yeah. you can, but yeah, I mean, there um, are people who do strictly a technique with every single sure. client they have and their clients mm. are successful. And the reason their clients are successful is because the person who is conducting the session is a hundred percent committed to what they're doing and they believe in it. And so that belief transfers to the client and it helps them get exactly what it is they're looking for. Yeah, I think I, I think when we went to the, I think it, uh, with Richard Ongard, he, he did a, he, um, the association, he said to us, he said, you could have, what do you say? You could have um, the worst techniques, but have yeah. the best rapport and you'll make the biggest change. But you could have all the techniques, the most glossiest techniques, whatever you want, have little rapport, little connection, and won't make a, uh, won't make a spot of difference at all. Right. Which, you know, it just shows you, I mean, you know, it's like, it's not about the technique. It's about how well you connect. And I think with this one, it's like how well you just connect with the person mm. you can really, that's going to really help that come out more. So it's, it's only us that want to have that. It's got to have the big shiny object and the big new, but that's all fun too. I mean, I love those different processes as well. I mean, I love the hypnotic phenomena. I love doing all that. I mean, that's, it's amazing to watch, you know, but it's like, I guess when you're bringing it down to the core, doing the core therapy, it's really about just having that strong connection and just being present with someone. Yeah. And I mean, and it goes even so far as, and and I don't care what it is you're doing. I don't care if you're doing relaxation work. I don't care if you are doing, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You have to have that connection. And there's clients that if we don't connect on the phone, when they're initially talking, I'm not going to work with them. And, yeah. and, and, and if there's something inside, I'll tell you, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll be honest with you about something I did. What's so that? I got a phone call from somebody wanting to talk to me about what I do. And as soon as I heard his voice and started hearing his question, the hairs on the back of my neck were like standing up. Like and that. I was immediately on defense. Um, oh. And it, yeah, because he's like, and, da, 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 and I, I'm not going to say defense, but I was, I was, there was something inside of me going, this is, there's something, there's something goofy here. It sounded to me, I don't know if you've ever had those people who've called you and they call you under the guise of wanting to find out about your hypnosis, but they're freaking salespeople. Right. right. And, and that was, that was the feeling I had. This guy is not sincere. He's not anything. And he's like, he says to me, I was like, I, 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 I kind of cut him off because he was starting to ask these questions that I was just not going to be going, not prepared to go there. And I said, Hey, listen, he says, 
wait a minute, you're going to charge me a thousand dollars for your services. And I can't even ask you questions. <laughs> I said, and, 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 and I was like, hold up here a moment, sir. I says, I've been doing this a long time. And I says, and everything inside of me says, you're not here to be asking questions about getting help. You're here because you're a salesman click. Right. And he, and he hung up and, and afterwards I was like, huh, you know, um, I kind of thought about what I did for a moment. I'm like, was I too quick? And then I was like, no, don't question yourself, Anthony. Do not question yourself. The hairs on the right. back of your neck were standing. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I, I let it go. But there's still that little part that says, okay, I didn't get any business for about two weeks after that. I wonder if the universe is slapping me around for just being <laughs> kind of a douchebag um, <laughs> to this guy. But I never heard anything back. And, he, you know, the thing is, he called from a number that was one name. He gave me a different name totally from the number he was calling from. There was all these right. things that just weren't lining up, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, so, I guess it know. depends since how we do the, you know, now we learn how to do the onboarding with a lot of people. You want them to be educated before they come to us. Otherwise, it's it's like they're asking uneducated questions. And then we have to go the same yeah. the same repertoire every time you know i mean i've had someone come to me goes you know you know it's you know straight away when they're doing it for them there's somebody else like my mom or like that it's like okay that's not great so uh, why can't you just you know almost like you just do that thing it's like what thing <laughs> you know it's yeah. like they like we're straight away it's like you're doing something i'm not doing anything to anybody right so it's like they're the wrong questions to ask but you right. know that's why i guess we go through so much effort because no, I realized outside of our real, uh, you know, the hypnotic community, no one really knows what the hell we do. Well, but here's the deal. When someone no one knows. I mean, hypnotist, when someone calls a hypnotist and their first question is, so what can I use hypnosis for? Well, what the fuck right. are you calling me for? <laughs> and, and you can't say something like you realize that if actually everything is actually hypnosis. Yeah. Everything. It's that you're in a trance now. You know, and I'm actually not doing anything except getting you out of that unnegative, that unresolved. I just say it's like you in a, it's in a, everyone's in a trance at different time. If we're talking like they're talking like this, or whether we're doing something later on, whether that's resourceful, whether it's not. You know, mm -hmm. if it's not resourceful because you're having anxiety in this moment, well, that's not working. So let's help you shift it into another state. That's, you know, um, just everyone gets caught up in the, and I know everyone, you know, apart from any sort of. Uh, well, you know, there's obviously different sort of cultures and all that stuff that actually label it even more. It's like, oh my God, you know, it's hypnosis is this and that. It's just like, yeah, not even going on that one. But, but that's the whole thing. The isn't it? and it's, it's our responsibility as as practitioners, I guess, and and even specialists. And I know I've seen you do a lot of a lot of stuff on, especially on Facebook, Mike. You know, it's our responsibility to educate our public about what we do and how, or not how we do it. You know, I'm not talking about the intricacies. They don't need to know everything, no. everything that we've learned, but about what we do so that when they come to us, when we're on the call, and you'll very much know this, right? You, the objections have already been answered, right? They already know who they're talking to and why they're talking to that person. I think, yeah. And it's funny. It's like if, yeah, um, if they knew just how much, you know, what this actually does, and uh, you know, they and they could see how much change that actually can have in their life, you know, I mean, uh, that to, you know, to help them sort of get to that point, mm. you know, how profound this can make such a difference in people's lives. I don't. A lot of people don't realize how quickly you can shift something. 
in this, yeah. you know? Um, Change and, happens as quickly as you want it to happen. Yeah, well, that's that, and that's a big thing because people said it took 10 years. I said, no, it didn't. It, it took 10 years to come to, well, it took you that long to come to that point. You know, the change was yeah. really quick, but it took yeah. you 10 years to get to that point. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I've been working on this for so long. No, you've been working on the same solution to the, you've been working on the same solution that isn't working for many, right. many years. That's what you have been doing for, for 10 years. You haven't been working on it. You've just mm. been rehashing the same solution. Yeah. And there's one thing I tell them, it's like, you know, why we need to work with this one of our, or as a coach or this, like hypno coach or whatever, because you can't see blind spots. None of us can. Yeah. And I know you had a theory about this too. And I think even for all of us, it's like, because, you know, I think it's like the whole thing about it is just for us to give mm. and be open to receiving. Because then, you know, because we're really good, it's very masculine in a way. And it's like, it's great to give and we love to do it. And we're shitty receivers. Mm. It's like, because it causes them to be vulnerable, you know, and it's like, it is vulnerable. It's like, I need to, Anthony, I was like, mate, I need help on something. And that's like me saying this for one, there's a problem. Well, mm. because I'm defining it as a problem, right? And something's that, but that's, but I thought, you know, if you, if that whole dynamic, it's like, you know, and you think about it, like just in power, power's got that, you know, going out and coming back, has to have the return. Mm. So, you know, if we just help other people give by giving and then allow them to open, be open to receiving help or even giving them that idea, then you'd get this really strong dynamic because you don't really need anything after that because you're just open to getting it. Right. And that's, that's, that's tough. I mean, I found, because for one, they can't see they've got a, a problem because they can't see their own blind spots. But so, um, so there is a lot of educational work out there to do it. You know, I mean, I stopped shifting from helping people. Well, I'm still, I guess I'm doing it in a way where, you know, um, I'm not as much interested now in just fo focusing on helping them break out of the problem, so to speak, because mm. that's them just getting, because a lot of them are just, um, well, I'll give you an example. I had a smoker that I was working with. And I said, what's, okay, so you're getting out of smoking. That's great. What's the next thing? Where do you want to move for? Where, where are you going to go to after this? So I was future pacing it forward. What do you really want? Yeah. And she goes, what's life look like in, uh, as a non-smoker? And, and she goes, well, a non-smoker. It's like, no, no, I get that. But <laughs> where is it going forward? She goes, as a non-smoker. She had no idea. Yeah. Where because the destination so, was. No, none. No, it's like it was it was just it was alarming to me that her whole focus was just getting away from the things she didn't yeah. want. But she had no idea to flip that. Because mm. I said, you know what? There's a bigger trap just outside of it because everyone's avoiding what they don't want. They know exactly what we don't want. Yeah. The bigger trap is right outside that, and that's the comfort zone because you're mm. gonna drift, you've got no motivation. You've, you know, if you're losing weight, if you're even the anxiety you've now shifted into a point where that doesn't hurt as much anymore. Mm. And now what, right. you know, there's no motivation now, but you're still focusing on obviously what you don't want, but there's no motivation, but where do you want to go in your life? Yeah. You know, how do you have that? Is it just about avoiding something or do you really want to light up? Do you want to feel like you're alive inside? Do you want to feel like you're having an epic life? And a lot of people don't realize that that's actually really possible that you can do it, but it's a completely different thing. You have to almost jump, you know, obviously avoid it, but then also help them move into a direction where it just shows and give them the clarity of what they really want, what that feels like, because they've never actually experienced it. So they've got no feelings about it. 
They yeah. only know what they don't want to push away from. Well, yeah. you know, it, it, it's a lot like when you're working with people who have food issues, right? They want to, right. they want to be on a diet. And I always go back to this idea with them that the, the challenge with, with people who have a lot of eating disorders is they're thinking like when they diet all the time, they're thinking about what can I eat? What can't I eat? When can I eat next? Um, what am I going to, they're always thinking about food up until the moment they're eating their food and then they're just shoveling it in their mouth. And then as soon as they're done, they start immediately thinking about food again, right? They start <laughs> thinking about food again because, okay, I just ate this. Now I feel guilty, but right. now what can't I eat next time? And how am I going to fix this? So then it goes right back to only thinking about food. Right. Yeah. And this is something I don't know if Nicole was in on that meeting with me or not. When I heard someone kind of describe it in an interesting way, and I was like, that is that's pretty powerful when you explain that to a person who's going through it because um, they're like, oh, my God, I didn't think, you know, because everybody tell count your calories. What is it you're eating? So they constant focus <laughs> on food until the moment they're actually shoveling it into their face. Right? right. And then they're not being present with their food. And I'm, I always try to tell people, think about where your food is coming from. How did it get to your plate? When it's on your plate, are you grateful for all of the work it took to get onto your plate? And then as you put it in your mouth, put your fork down, chew it, feel it, experience what it is that you're doing. Right. And, and think about, be grateful for the nourishment it's providing for you. Right. And right. Yeah. It's like if you decide to have that cupcake, you don't look at the cupcake and go, well, this is going to go 10 pounds on my big fat ass. No, you don't <laughs> say that to the cupcake. To the cupcake, you say, this is going to nourish my body in the way that it is supposed to nourish my body for me now. Right. And I learned that from a book called E Squared. Um, oh, yeah. and, and it was just amazing how that shifted for me when I started working with some of my clients and I started presenting that to them. It's like, even if you're going to eat something that you don't think is appropriate, celebrate the fact that you're appreciating it for what it is and not labeling it as you're going to be five pounds on my hip. Why not then? Why not go ahead and give you exactly what it is that you want and I'm going to go right to your hip, you know? Um, and it sounds crazy for some people, but you know what? It works for the clients I've been working with. It's about helping them. Sorry, my, I, I, I kind of, this, this analogy of what you were talking about, you know, I kind of paint this sometimes to, to other hypnotherapists that I'm, I'm tutoring or mentoring and also to, also to clients, you're kind of standing in the middle of a museum, right? On this side, you've got your current painting that you're in, right? With its title, with whatever trance you're in at the moment, this is my anxiety picture, right? And they're telling you everything that's going on and all of the different depths and brushstrokes and, and textures and everything that's happening in that picture. But actually what I want is to be on the other side of the museum in that painting. And that title of that painting is non-smoker, let's say, yeah? Tell me, tell me, what is that? Give me the details, you know, yeah. give me all of the brush strokes and depths. And they're like, oh, right, I see. So what we're doing here is we're getting you from that painting, leaving that one behind and heading over to the other side of the museum into that painting. They, a lot of people, they don't really, they don't think like that at all. Right. Mm. I've never heard that analogy, Nicole. As long I've as you've been doing that, you had never shared that before. Now I'm going <laughs> to use that too. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but people can really see it. Do you know what I mean? And normally there's like a paint, a picture on my wall. So I'm sort of painting, I'm sort of pointing <laughs> over there. You know, you want to be in that painting. Tell me what that looks like. You know, what does that feel like? What happens in that picture? 
And that's yeah. the one that we're going to. Well, and it's like, the, that's almost kind of like the thing where, where people, what you were talking about earlier, Mike, where people, they know what it is that they don't want. And I, yeah. when, when they keep going to what they don't want, I stop them. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, how often do you go to the grocery store with a list of shit you don't want? That's going to be an expensive trip. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like, uh, okay, now I kind of get it. Right. Um, so there's a lot of great analogies for that. I like that one, Nicole. I'm going to take that one too, because I've never actually, I've never even used that one. That's a great one. Yeah. Go to the shopping, go to the, go in, what haven't you, you know, buy what you don't want. <laughs> Yeah, who does that? But don't we do that? Aren't we conditioned? We do that in hypnosis too, mate. It's like they teach us, we, you know, like there's a point. It's like to tell everyone what we what hypnosis is not. Like, yeah, I yeah. can't. That is stupid. That. What is that? <laughs> let's, what is do, that? let's do a 15-minute pre-talk yeah. and tell you what's what not, it's not going to happen. Yeah, on what's not going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's still taught out there. Oh, I know. I know. It's It uh, cracks me up cracks me up every single time i'm like really haven't we kind of got you've got to have a really good pre-talk otherwise it's not going to work um no you've got to have really good rapport right. otherwise it's not going to work um yeah. that's right <laughs> i never got that it was it seems stupid it's not this and this and that you know it, it is yeah. what it is yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. It's or like else what other profession do you go to Hmm? It's like trying to teach someone how to drive. Make sure you don't hit that car and, and make sure you don't run that stop sign and make sure you don't do this and make sure you don't do that. And we're not going to run into that thing. It's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do then? Yeah. What are, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what other profession does that? Um, yeah. <laughs> what other yeah, profession yeah. does that anyway? No one. We do. I, I don't know where that came from, but obviously, but yeah, I don't do it anymore anyway. So yeah, I don't go to the dentist and he doesn't tell me Get a steak. things. I'm not yeah. going to be working on your heart today and we're not yeah. going to be coloring your hair either. Um, you Good. Know. Yeah. yeah. Good to know. Good. Yeah, yeah. But also just allowing the client to have their own experience without trying to form formulate something for them. Right. It's like, I don't know how you're going to experience this. So what's the point of me even trying to explain? You're just going to experience in this in your own unique way. And, and that's it. I don't need to create an idea of what this may or may not be for you. Right. Everybody's hypnotic experiences is an individual thing. I was in a, in a class yesterday with Freddie Jacqueline um, oh, yeah. in one of his, his, his webinars, and we went through a hypnotic process. And, and I was like, okay, great. I get to be in here with, with, with Freddie and I get to experience hypnosis on a whole new level. And, you know, I'm all, and I'm like, well, this is the same thing I've experienced every time I've done hypnosis. And I'm like, <laughs> right on. That must mean I'm doing something right. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, do you still specialize in smoking then? Cause that's, that's how I'm I shifted, know. I've, no, I honestly, um, if someone had bored me, <laughs> right <laughs> and honestly bored so can i say, it, say bored, it, it, it literally bored the shit out of me can i say that i did um yeah. it did and it's like oh because i was finding myself and this is my stuff i was finding myself getting charged around it because you know i had people coming to me and the defense it's like take it like you know when you i'm doing the marketing and they're actually sort of countering it it's like you're you know they're rebuttaling against the thing saying oh this and this and this. you know you're actually you're bringing up a case to defend, um, to keep it your problem. And it's like, yeah. man, it's like you're smoking. I, there's nothing more to say. Uh, you know, if you're going to smoke, that's fine. I mean, you know, you're already doing the damage. I don't care. You know, it's like that. I'm here to help. But mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's just like, 
Yeah, I, I, I sort of brought it into, I thought, where do I feel like, I mean, I never really did that. Um, but I thought for me, it's like, um, I want to sort of work with, because, uh, you know, being a high performance coach that I focused on a lot. And I wanted to bring that in to help people move forward into creating a, you know, a very dynamic and alive life, because that's what I'm doing for myself, you know? So it's pretty much, I looked, where am I at at the moment? What, you know, I mean, that's the easiest mirror. And I thought, okay, so had lots of anxiety and even, you know, going for it all last year and didn't even realize it was anxiety. And then it's like, you know, and even to the point where I'm having big heart palpitations and then, you know, taking myself to the ER and all that stuff going, Oh, that's anxiety. Right. Shit. Okay. So don't do that. <laughs> and, um, but then, you know, and then helping people with that, cause it's such, especially now it's so huge, mm. you know? Um, and I thought, you know, that's a great area to start with that I'd like to focus in. And then, and not only that, it's like, that's just that one part, but then help them move in forward in, into a bigger thing. So like break through that anxiety and now move forward into a, a high quality life that they wanted. You know, it's like, as we said before, stop focusing on what you don't want because mm. you always get it, you know, and show them and guide them into how to get what they do want. And which is completely different. Um and it's funny, it's because I'm like, it's, it's, the, it's the, literally the complete overlap of what I'm doing for my life. So I'm actually doing it and teaching it at the same time. And I guess that's how you learn too, yep. right? Yep. So, and, you know, of course, you know, stuff comes up, you've got that imposter syndrome, oh, I'm not good enough. And none of us ever go through that crap. And then someone <laughs> might, and my coach says to me, he said, yeah, there is going to be people that are better than you. Mm. and be, it just is and also too there's a lot of people underneath you that you can help yeah well you so know and you know you you it's that whole and it's just interesting because we learn this stuff but we still go through it ourselves you know and it's like all we we start you know uh, judging ourselves or comparing ourselves great trap that one you know but yeah. but the thing is we have resources that can get ourselves out of it sooner rather than later. A lot of people don't even have that. Right. Yeah. right. So, human. I mean, yeah, I mean, I go, I get, I still get into funks and, you know, slip, yeah. whatever, but I can get myself out of it faster. And then, but when I see other people, they're caught in it and they're totally consumed and, and they have no idea what to do. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, a few weeks ago, you and I had a conversation. Um, we it were, is. we were talking, yeah, we've, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and you had said something to me about, well, dude, it might be anxiety you're, you're going through. And I was like, right. Oh God, I've got nothing to be anxious or stressed about. And here's something really interesting. As I started thinking about it here, I was laying in bed one night cause I was having the heart things. Remember I talked about my yes, heart, yeah, the heart yeah. and, and I actually go see a cardiologist here fairly soon because of yeah. stuff. And something just dawned on me when I was at my parents, um, because I wasn't having the same experience. When I go to bed here at night, I was experiencing anxiety because my next door neighbors and the people upstairs fight and they fight and they beat the hell out of each other. Oh, and wow. it bothers me. I mean, it, it really, really, I, I, I almost get sick in my stomach. So what I was recognizing is as I was laying down to go to bed, my mind started being, my ears were opening up to when yeah. are they gonna start in with their fighting? And then the heart would start going. Mm. And then, you know, and so 
I had to reflect back. It's like, because I thought, I've got nothing to be anxious about. My life is grand. Um, well, <laughs> you know, there are experiences that we don't always, I hadn't thought about it that way. And, well, and now I'm aware spots, of it. don't we? What's that? Well, that's the whole... we, 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 we have our own blind spots, don't we? Yeah. And even though we have a different set of tools and resources. I mean, last week I was on the phone to Anthony like twice crying my eyes out because I had all this stuff going on. And I was just like, I can't cope. And it's just, you know, I just needed somebody else to help me just figure some shit out and pull it out of my brain and just be kind like, okay, it. cool. All right. That's Again, okay. bringing it back to being vulnerable and receiving. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the, and I think if anything, it's about ripping down that wall that mm -hmm. a lot of us have put up because it's so easy to, you know, I mean, especially I, I you know, it's um, it's interesting because a lot of my I started hypnosis and all that coaching in two thousand thing now, two thousand and nineteen. I had a breakdown, right? So massive breakdown. I didn't, I was having massive heart palpitations, you know, and it's like what the hell's going on here, and you know, and it's like. And it's like one day, I was, you know, you imagine I'm sort of driving along and I've got the kids in the car. And of course, they're oblivious to what I'm doing because they're on their little game consoles and all that stuff. And, and then all of a sudden, I felt like I got hit in the chest with a sledgehammer. And I thought, holy God, I'm going. It was that, it was that intense. I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm actually dying. You know, like this was a massive heart attack. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm looking around because I'm in the middle of a highway and you know and i thought what what am i going to do and um and it's funny because this was a major turning point is because you know you know you hear these stories and it sounds completely crazy until you actually have one and i actually you know when you see people have those life flashes and all that stuff mm. and i actually had it i i had literally had i'm driving and it must have been it seemed a lot longer than obviously what it was <laughs> but i actually flashed back and i was at the smart the bedside beside my dad having when he passed away mm. And then my best friend. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm, I'm then this, you know, so it flashed. And then I went back again. It was like looking at someone on the ground in this blue shirt and all that stuff. And I realized, you know, from a top down look and I realized, holy crap, it's me, you know? And I realized that the, and, you know, clutching the chest. And I realized at that point I had in my mind, it came up. It's like, this is the path, the unresourceful path. Well, it's almost like a projection of where this slope would go if you continued down that way, you know? And then all of a sudden in that state, it came up saying, you know, the way to heal this is to start obviously working on yourself. And then obviously then you can, after that, you can help other people. And then from helping other people, you can work expanding out bigger into the community because then you're building those resources up as you go, but you've got to heal home base mm -hmm. first. And it's funny because then my I was snapped out of it because obviously it must have been a long enough because my son had his hand on my chest going, are you okay? You know, and it's like, uh, yeah, sure, totally not. But from that moment, it started me, you know, learning, obviously uh, going through a full breakthrough of NLP, which then of me started doing a lot of, I could now do, you know, get on camera and everything easy. Um, then learning it and then becoming a, a practitioner, master practitioner on that one. And then obviously hypnosis, and then obviously it's just like, wow, that was like the gear that just started everything. And then, and you know, and then it caught, and then I studied and I actually taught hypnosis in Australia with a couple of well, two people and certified them. And then someone said, Hey, that's actually a lot harder than doing it in a big group, which yes, I didn't realize. Is. Oh my God. It is so I had no harder. idea because it was really fucking tough. Oh, <laughs> dude, it, you know what? I made a decision, even with what I teach with the control system. 
Right. Unless there are six people in that class, four to six people, I'm not doing it anymore. You every can't bounce off it. Have, so you... Every time I've done it with just like two people, it has been the biggest pain in the ass. Because, yeah. and, and you know, I'll tell you quite frankly, and I can own <laughs> this, it's not the students. It's because mm -hmm. during that time you get you you start to incorporate all of the stuff because you you you've got almost like this extra time feeling and so you start talking about things that don't yes. necessarily part of your course and then it starts to go off track over here and off track this direction and then I'm like wait a minute why the hell aren't you getting this well it's because I'm call them the all ETs. these other things in there and what you call it what I call it the ETs you go off on an extra tangent. Yes, yes, and, and yes, I, I, I was doing ETs all over the place. Um, <laughs> and you don't have time to do that when you've got a full class. When, when, I, was, when I was doing it, and like, you know, I set up, this is before I came over and I saw you at the Winter Conference, so I just, it, before the end of New Year, so it was 2019, the end of that, before I think New Year was about to come straight after that. So it was like, you know, you can imagine a little classroom, which is my house at that point, so all decked up, I had a big whiteboard, everything going. It was 50 degrees Celsius. And the air conditioning, which I guess for Fahrenheit would be up over uh, maybe 104. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> really, really hot. I mean, and like I had to buy in a little air conditioning. So it was obviously that, <laughs> you know, that irritation from being really uncomfortable, mm. you know um but you know teach funny going on like teaching it though it was like in that like you know you get off and you feel great and then it's like me being in tears afterwards because there was sometimes where i got challenged by one of them then you can't bounce off anybody else right i can't you know if one's because one person really interrupts when there's only two yes. <laughs> i had people arguing with me about well it's not very clear in the book and blah 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 i'm like this book has been used for seven years it ain't the book so you're already yeah. defensive. And you already defend you're on the defense yeah. straight away. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, now I know. It's like, no, unless there's unless I've got a full class, we're just gonna extend it out a little while and you can join the next class. But yeah, it's that's funny. Great learning tool though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, I does your ex-wife still do hypnosis? No. Okay, because I met her at the winter conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it was more for my mind spa class. I was teaching that was yeah. the year that I had first really started pushing mind spa hypnotica. And yep. then COVID hit and all of that just mm, kind of crashed down. I didn't have any way to promote it. I didn't feel, you know, I was kind of stuck in this in between place. And then yeah. I started learning all these other things. I wrote the book and I did all this other stuff and I haven't right. regathered my energy to put back into mind spa, which I need to do because it's a wonderful product. It's great. I've used it. I've used a lot on people and it's really helped them relax. And I think especially if anything now, if we can give anything, I mean, it's funny because I was always, I, you know, especially if inductions, I, for me, I almost like, you know, the rapid induction, and that's someone says, yeah, and my, and my, my partner goes, yeah, that's because you can't relax. It's like, so you don't like the progressive one. But I realized, you, you know, the, the progressive one is actually really beneficial to help you calm down. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. You know. To yourself, to ground yourself. Right. Mm. Just don't take 20 minutes to do it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got it. I'm down there. Process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready now. Is he still jacked up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, rate, absolutely. 
Mm. I, I I think that we are getting to the point where it's time for us to start wrapping up. Sure. And um, Mike, we, we, when are you coming back to the States? Yeah, when we have are you a question back? before we go there, Anthony. Okay. Before we before we wrap up, wrap up, Mike. We like to ask all of our oh, all of right. our guests a a for a, a spot of wisdom, if you like, a reflection in your career as a hypnotist, maybe a, something you've done with a client, maybe a business decision or something like that, that with hindsight, you sort of look back and think, yeah, no, I wouldn't have done that that way again and, and took a learning from it. Um, do you have one of those you can share with us? Interesting now, it's because I have, I've, um, I look at it twice now because it's like a lot of extra reading I've done and sort of what I bring in, I realize you know, everything's been a learning curve to get to where I am now. And it's like, I couldn't have done it any other way because I didn't. And it's like, but I guess if you looked back, it's just, um, it's really just, uh, I suppose, ha having an expected outcome in mind, you know, it's like, it, I don't know, it's maybe um, when I worked with uh, some, I guess when I was doing some stop smoking and that, it's like, you know, I was trying to, instead of allowing them to um, get there organically, I was trying to push the process on it, which then, cause it was, you know, it was me being, I guess, a bit of more of a novice and that, but it's like, I had all these things that I needed to do. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't, you know, it's like, but I've got this protocol and it's like, yeah, but you got, instead of actually reading where the client is at and being with them, mm. you know, realizing, hang on, they're not, you, you, you sort of come out, you know, I'm not sitting with them. I'm not in tune with where they're at. I'm, I'm already thinking ahead. I got to do this next point or this point, and that's going to, you know, give them a better result. And actually, you know, it, it didn't um, because I, you know, but if I just sat with them and, and, and built that comfort with them and allow them that connection, that would have got me a lot further with it. But, you know, um, you know, just taking that extra time and, you know, now what we've learned before, with uh, the conversational hypnosis is really just being able to sit with them and, uh, and without an agenda. I mean, obviously, you know, they're coming for a, some sort of reason now, but still uh, just really, you know, again, bring, having that rapport connection instead of racing up ahead because they don't know what we know. And uh, it, to some degree, it, you know, it freaks them out. Well, sometimes we don't know what we know until it comes. And we don't our know mouth. what we know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are some conversations I've listened to afterward when I recorded something. I'm like, "Damn, that was good. Where'd that come from?" <laughs> right, right, yeah. And I bet it was when you let go too. A lot of yep. it, right? Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. So you said Isn't something like, that I wanted. Did you find to a lot less stressful? Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's something that I that you said that I want to touch on um, because okay. I was just excited to hear you say it because a lot of people don't understand the concept. You said that you had been through what you've been through and that was it, you had to go through that because that's what happened. And right. I remind people all the time. They're like, well, that's just not supposed to happen. I'm like, no, everything happened exactly the way it was supposed to. And they're like, well, how do you know that? Because that's what freaking happened. That's right. Otherwise, it would have been something else. Right. <laughs> right. This is what happened. So that's what was supposed to happen. Well, it wasn't supposed to happen that way. Well, yes, it was, because that's what happened. And that, that's a hard concept for people, right? That's even taking, for some people, having that awareness is a quantum leap. Yes, that, you're right. It is. And that's tough, because it means so all the things that I went through, yeah. 
because I, 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 I say to a lot of um, people and even myself, it's still, I find it challenging and, you know, because you, you get that, the concept and it's the difference between like, oh, I know what you mean. Because, you know, when you speak to someone, they go, oh, I know what you mean. It's like, you know it? Say, like, no, no, you understand it. You don't know it. Hmm. The difference between understanding and know it, you conceptually, you understand it, but knowing it is when you actually had the experience, mm-hmm. right? And you go through it and um yeah absolutely and and that I mean that's still I find that challenging and you sort of get it in different pockets it's like you know you understand in one aspect of your life and then when another area it's like when you know you've maybe you've lost an animal or something like this or something else happens it's like no no it applies to that too all these other aspects Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it it (laughs) but I mean obviously what are they what are you fighting for it's like I mean if you change one area you know, I mean, when I was doing high performance, I said, you know, you're growing, you, you grow through that drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know for myself, I wouldn't be anywhere near the person I am now ahead and I'm not going through any of that stuff. And does it, was it any good? No, it sucked. No it, 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 was, it, was, it was really shit. I mean, we've all got stories, right? Mm-hmm. The only difference is, are we going to, and I say this to my clients when I'm working with it, are you going to sit in a story? Or do you want to, when you, when's it going to time to start talking about a new narrative? We can create a new book. Yeah. Right. When are you going to start Otherwise, a new you, chapter instead of reliving the old one over and over again? You've done that already. Yeah. And that's why it's like having a car. I said the, uh, the metaphor, the car, the, car the, the wheels are spinning in the mud. All you're doing is just spinning the wheels, right? You're not going anywhere. Yeah. Or it's like you're being on a treadmill thinking you're actually running somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's like those people who say, I'm stuck. I'm like, no, you're not stuck. You're choosing not to move forward. Take responsibility for what it is that's happening. That's really, that's actually, um, cause I'm actually reading a really good book at the moment. Um, I, I think I mentioned it to you, didn't I? It's like, uh, called, uh, well, unfuck yourself. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did mention that. Yeah. I've, I, yeah. yeah. And it's great. He said, and one of the things he said, um, you may, you may not be, once you take hundred percent responsibility for where you are. He said, you may not have had control over what happened, but you're 100% responsible on how you, your, your reactions to it after that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, it keeps you, as a, it keeps you in a victim mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you're not growing. And again, it's the same thing. It's like, and this is where I'm working now, or even myself. It's like, okay, so everything happened to whatever, you know, you created the identity, your habits, wherever. What, you, you're indoctrinated into the person you are up until a certain point. You didn't have any control over that at all until you became aware. Right. And the tough part is now, now that you're aware, now that's intentional living, what do you want? Mm. What, who do you have to do? Who do you have to be to do the things you want to do? You right. know? But so many people are unaware that they're unaware. They Next. are just living in the forest, <laughs> right? I mean, really, that's a fr- my, my friend Karen pointed that out to me one day. I was like, God, some of these people are such a challenge. She says, but you got to remember, honey, she said, and anytime she calls me, honey, I know there's going to be a little nugget of gold. Um, (laughs) And she says, she reminded me that, you know, even when I was starting my journey, I could have swore I was the most present person. I'm aware of things that I was, but that's because I was living in my situation and only experiencing from that point of view. Um, and so yeah. we're unaware oftentimes that we are unaware because we're just mm. complacently living it. And then we get caught up in that circuit. And well, one thing I've learned again to tell them is like, look, 
I even had someone, I was, uh, it was funny when I was going to the gym yesterday and someone said she has anxiety because I said, which pre-workout? Because I don't know if you have a lot of caffeine it'll jack you up. And if you've got anxiety, she said, which one would you have? Well, I haven't, she goes, I have anxiety. So I use this one. So I started straight away <laughs> conversation about anxiety. What's anxiety? How do you know? And, and I said, the good thing is, Hey, you're not your circumstances. Mm. Right. And I said, the difference is here. One of the big things, and if anything I've learned now, for one, that's a huge one. I said, the second one is we look at the life, like if you, you know, um, you know, we're looking at the life horizontally, you know, and stuff. You're in the main street in New York or, or I don't know what a main street uh, in the UK would be, but, but you're looking at it and you've got all the traffic, all the cars, all the buildings. But if you actually, and that's horizontal uh, uh, living, right? But as soon as you, if you stay in the same place and went uh, vertical, right up, you see a completely different landscape and you haven't gone anywhere except you've raised yourself up and you see from a different point of view and everything changes at that point. And you see, you know, and this is the big thing, I guess, that I've worked at. It said, you can't, as you know, with uh, the whole thing, you can't outthink yourself from the problem. Yeah. Because the thinking is the problem. Right. Well, Einstein yeah. said you can't solve a problem with the same right. mindset that created it. Because you're the mouse and the maze at the same time. Yep. Yep, exactly. So and you've got to rise above it. <laughs> because we will go on forever. We will. Um, <laughs> because I know Mike and I, we've had conversations sometimes that have been like, even even on Messenger, and it's like they go on and on and on. We're like, okay, talk to you later. And then we bring something up, and for 10 <laughs> minutes, we're still going. It's like, okay, talk to you later. So I do know we need to cut this. <laughs> yes. But I do have a question. Are you coming back for HypnoThoughts? Um, not in, uh, hypnothoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the intention. Yeah. Good. I would love to see you there. Um, yeah, it's just all well, at the moment. The, the, the thing is at the moment, America's not letting anyone in from Australia and oh. yep. Um, uh, otherwise it'd be there and you can't, and, uh, Australia's not anyone in from America. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, by then it will be, we'll, we'll be beyond that by then. Just oh yeah. Hold they just got to pull their intention. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm hoping that's actually by uh, by March, because then by March I'll either be there. So good, good. All <laughs> right then. Thank Mike, you, Mike. Thanks for so much us. for coming on, and My we pleasure. really, yeah, we really Always hope a pleasure. to have you back on at some point in in the near future to get an update on what's going on and and your high performance hypno coaching. <laughs> yes, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook. You can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com.